0: Hi, I'm Sarah Shea.
1: And I'm Strangely Duesberg.
0: Welcome to the Pilot House.
1: A podcast where we watch all the shows we miss the first time around.
0: And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. All right, welcome folks to our very second catch-up episode. <laughs> uh
1: where will we we will where we will be talking about Winona Earp. Uh so yeah, welcome. Okay. <laughs> Catch-up episodes are ones where we re- revisit a show that we initially talked about the pilot of, and one or both of us have watched more of since. This week we will be talking about Winona Earp, which both of us were initially pretty excited about yeah. during that pilot.
0: Stoked. That we was were stoked.
1: That was a pilot. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
0: And since then, we have both watched up to episode five, and I know at least one of us is totally done and ready to quit we, but we have not officially stated a verdict for the other person so hold on to your butts guys there's gonna be a secret at the end of this one uh, if you've listened to other episodes of this show and you haven't listened to our previous catch-up episode about ncis this is going to be a much more freeform ramble about the show and how we feel about what we've seen so far kind of uh catching you all up on where we are on the show now it's not going to be edited and it's going to be very freeform. So if you have not listened to our previous episode talking about the pilot of Winona Earp, I would recommend watching, I would recommend listening to that one first. Oh, I said we weren't going to edit this and then I just retook a bunch of them.
1: There there will be, there will be very light editing in these intros and outros because in the intros and outros we have to communicate specific pieces of information. So there will be editing there. But once we start the timer, and we get exactly 32 minutes and 30 seconds to talk about how we feel about the show so far and things we liked and didn't like and everything, there will be no editing. It'll be like real time. It'll be like an episode I, of 24.
0: I don't know how you picked 32 minutes and 30 seconds because it was 26 seconds on the money for NCIS. So I don't know where that came from, but sure, that's the that's it now. You've said it out loud,
1: and so I'm, it's the rule. I'm setting up the timer right now.
0: All right, here we go.
1: Okay. okay, so here
0: we go. 32 so we minutes have and 32 s- seconds on the clock.
1: We set the timer. Sarah, would you like to push the button? Ugh.
0: Okay, Ugh, it's going. Hurry. Ugh, I'm talking about the show. No, this show was something that we both, as we just said, were super into the pilot. We were stoked. It's, it's, it's garbage in the most fun way. And we we definitely weren't like, this is an amazing show. It's so well written. Wow, everything about it is perfect. But we were both really excited to get into it.
1: Yeah, and for the most part it it very much continued the premise that the pilot set out that like Winona is encountering yeah these revenants and sort of dealing with a revenant of the week kind of sure. a thing. There's
0: not a great shift in it's not like they went after the pilot they went ooh, we need to change something significant, which does happen sometimes. There, there was not that. Um but yeah, just I guess over the gradually over the course of the five do we want to talk about I guess we talk about whatever on this because yeah, it's a catch up. I teased like it was gonna be a big reveal which was was done with it, but I feel like I my whole thing is going to be informed by the fact that with the f- completion of episode five, I had to officially break up with Winona Earp. I don't know what your answer is. Maybe you feel the same way. I no, I've, I've had, had exactly
1: the opposite journey because like after what? watch after watching the pilot for the show Sarah and I sat down and watched episode two together, and I was a little bit more on board.
0: We watched episode two together?
1: Watching episode two. I don't
0: remember that.
1: Yeah, no, we watched it together. On this very couch. One evening.
0: I, I believe you. <laughs> Sorry, we're taking up precious seconds with me. I'm not able to remember. But,
1: but I I was I I was sort of into the pilot. Like I really enjoyed the pilot, but then episode two didn't quite. Like, dragged me in. I was like, oh, this is just kind of more of this... Like, there wasn't the big dramatic shift that would make me really want to double down on a show. But then when Sarah called me and was like, I'm up to episode five. I think we should do a catch-up episode about Winona. And I watched those subsequent three episodes. I actually went to other way with it. What? And I'm more interested in at least completing the first season.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that because... It's not that I'm so done with it that I'm like, I don't even freaking care what happens. Right. I would... Well, see, here's the thing. If you're going to finish the first season, now I feel like we should actually wait and record a catch-up episode when you're done with the first season.
1: But I'm, I may not. I'm just... There's there's more interest. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the reason I suggested doing a catch-up episode, which we previously had assumed would only be for shows that we, one of us had watched the first full season of, because you need to kind of judge a show based on a complete season, uh... The reason I thought maybe we could do it now is that I know I'm done with it. And there's two reasons. One, it finally got to a point where something I had really been waiting for and really been excited to happen happened on the show. And it was handled so poorly. And just like, they like just thrown at the screen and I'm like, I don't know, this? That made me go, oh, I'm not going to be happy with anything that they do. Because obviously they're, they're either doing something different than what I want them to do. That's the generous description. The ungenerous one is they don't know what the fuck they're doing with this concept. (laughs) So why would I keep watching? But the thing that really made me decide it was time to break up is that my sister is actually also watching it. Mm -hmm. Amazingly, my sister, who listens to the show. Hi, Esty. Hey, Esty. She texted me one day and said, hey, have you ever watched Winona Earp? And I said, actually, uh, strangely, and I recorded a podcast about it. It's coming out tomorrow. And she went oh, cool, I did my homework for the podcast without realizing it, because she just saw it on Netflix and randomly watched the first episode. Yeah. So she has watched more of the show than I have, and she warned me that it, it's going to get more gruesome and more gory. Uh, they are going to lean into the horror aspect more in the coming episodes, and she did, she's like, I can barely handle this, and she has a stronger stomach than I do. So she said, I know you, do not keep watching this show. She told me, she was the one who said, watch up until episode five, because she knew that there was something that happened in episode five, which, if you've gotten to this point yet, and you've only seen the pilot, and you want to watch more of the show, uh, I hope you don't care about spoilers, because we're going to spoil stuff. This is, this is how ketchup episodes work.
1: So, I, I've got to confess to you, Sarah, I'm not entirely sure what the thing, I think I know what the thing is that you're referring to, but, but for our viewers at home, what is the thing that happened?
0: Winona and Henry who by this point she knows is Doc Holliday, hook up. And it is unsatisfying. They haven't built up their relationship to a point where them hooking up makes sense. It doesn't make sense within the plot of that individual episode. The particular space that they are in physically makes no sense. Nothing about it makes sense. She has just had this kind of emotional experience where for the first time, she killed a revenant who was kind of a good person. They just coincidentally had been killed by Doc Holliday. Or not, by Doc Holliday, by Wyatt Earp. And he, they actually said, just please kill me. It's a it's a gay couple
1: mm-hmm.
0: that are like both revenants. And they're like, look, we can't keep living our lives like this. And I don't want to live without him. So just do us both. And she's just had this emotional experience where this has happened. That was the only good part. I hated this episode, the, episode five overall, but that was like that was kind of cool these two characters it was handled well that they were gay it was revealed in a good way it wasn't treated as a joke and then she has this experience where she's like that just happened i just realized that revenants could be people and then she and doc get into kind of a fight but it's not even like a real fight she's clearly distracted by what's just happened to her and then out of nowhere he kisses her and then they start having sex they're outside They're in the forest, which is not a great place to have sex. No. Um, I've heard. (laughs) Listen, folks. uh, Hi. uh, Sex Talk with Sarah here. I know a lot about sex. You do stuff, but not in the woods. (laughs) Sex Talk with Sarah. Thank you for chiming in. Uh, Chiming in? I don't know what I'm talking about. But the point is... Tuning in. That's what I was trying to say. The point is, it's, it's a bad place physically. It's a bad place for her emotionally. And they just haven't earned it. The characters have not built up enough of a relationship for it to make sense or to be satisfying for them to suddenly hook up.
1: Yeah. I did not care for that particular development that much. And I don't feel it's earned. I totally agree with you. Also
0: Levi was like rotting. He was like dying and he had just dragged his rotting ass over possibly the very path that they were fucking on. I'm sorry. Everything was wrong about this. You guys, everything. Uh,
1: (laughs) that being said, like, that particular development, I had not been as invested in that particular relationship as I think y- you were. It's true. I, I,
0: I'm the one who said, who announced in the in our other episode that I was. You were shipping it. Absolutely shipping it.
1: Um, I am. I am much more of a Winona and Dolls shipper. Watching the show, mm, just okay. be, because I. I feel like their relationship over the last over the first five episodes does seem to, to They they have a relationship. I'm not saying it's necessarily building towards romantic tension yeah. yet, but it's like they've kept intera- up the he's
0: yeah. hot and she's noticed. They they certainly yeah. kept up that aspect of it. But so and they it have could still they have
1: banter. They get into adventures. Like they do things together. Whereas Winona and. Henry. I'm sorry. I always invert- refer to him whenever my yeah. sister and
0: I talk about the show. For some reason, they he introduces himself. It takes several episodes, folks, for them to find out that he's Doc Holiday, and that also that reveal was handled really poorly, in my opinion. Well, and it's it's something they call him Henry. But the point is, they call him Henry. He tells him them his name is Henry, which his name was John Henry Holliday. Yeah. So. Uh, for some reason, I'm stuck calling him Henry. I can't call him Doc. It's too weird. Henry. His name is
1: Henry. Which is a is a problem that this show has in general with reveals. Yeah. Like, it's like building up, like, Bobo. You're going to see Bobo. Bobo's going to... And then all of a sudden, he's just there. There he is. Like,
0: and he's like a guy with a weird mohawk and a oh, fur coat. And you're like, yeah. who is this guy? Are we and, supposed to tell something about him?
1: And then the same thing, like, in episode three or four... There's like someone and it's like, she's going to do this, the witch, the this, this, this. And right, she, they introduce a new villain. She has a, a villain, pink Cadillac. The
0: stone witch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the reveal of the stone witch is so bad. That's also in this episode, episode five. Yeah. This episode ruined two big reveals that I expected to be teased out way farther. Yeah. They introduced the character. Some revenants mentioned the stone witch. She's like an actual witch. She is shown driving in in a pink Cadillac. It's a fucking statement, but you can't see her. Yeah. She's in the distance and then she drives away so we don't get to see her. It's this big mystery. And then two episodes later she just shows up and she's just there. And she's like, oh, hi, it's me. I'm the Stone Witch. I'm this lady who's just a bad actress and Which, unremarkable.
1: It's some something I felt about the show when I watched the pilot. Um, and, and I feel with all subsequent episodes is I constantly feel with the show like I'm getting an hour of story that has been trimmed to like 43 minutes or whatever but like not not like we'll eliminate that subplot it's just like there's like all these things where somebody shows up and you're like expected to have to have known that they were there all along or whatever like but without like the build-up of arc so it's like like, a character will be teased, like the Stone Witch. She's like, oh, the Stone Witch, the Stone Witch. Like, for multiple like, hey. episodes. And all of a sudden, she's just there, like, yeah, I've always been here. What's up, Hi, guys? Hi, it's me. I'm
0: the Stone Witch. I'm just, like, a completely unremarkable blonde woman in her late 30s. And I'm just here. And I act a little bit fucking crazy. But I'm not threatening or interesting. And it's just... And it's- she and Bobo have, like, a weird relationship. Like, they trade off who's threatening who. There's a scene where she's in control and he's kind of weak. And then a scene where he's in control and she's weak, and it's like, but it's not like an interesting turn. I made that sound kind of interesting. I think the way I yeah. described it, but it's just like, wait, I can't tell what their no, relationship it's is the, like.
1: It's that same Isn't kind that these of
0: skeletons that are like her sons or something
1: that Bobo has been digging up and putting back together.
0: Yeah, there's weird. She's rolling around on the floor in like a black veil, like she's dressed for a funeral. It's uh, she goes from. Mystery that we cannot wait to see her. To oh, she's just this woman who's here. To oh, now she's a batshit crazy whack job in within the span of an episode.
1: Yeah, and like the-
0: they could have revealed her as the lawyer. She shows up in bails. They they end up arresting Bobo for something. It's a bit of a trumped up charge. And then she shows up and is like his lawyer and gets him out. If they had revealed that lawyer, and then at the end of the season or closer to the end of the season revealed the lawyer is the Stone Witch. That also could have been kind of cool. But it's the very next scene, she's like, uh, don't make me bail you out of jail again, Bobo. And he's like, sorry, Ms. Stone, or should I call you? Oh, no, he says, sorry, Miss her real last name, or should I call you by your alias, Ms. Stone? And that's when my brain went, oh, she's the fucking Stone Witch? Because they called her Miss Stone earlier, and I went, oh, some lady named Ms. Stone, whatever. And, like, instead of being a, a reveal, I was like, what?
1: This is the This how is do with how, do, pl- how do reveals but, says this show? This is the kind of thing that when you when you read something that's written for for comics where you're coming out with, you know, like 22 pages a week or oh. whatever. You can get away with s- slightly disjointed sort of incoherent scenes because like you can show you can draw someone not showing their whole face, or you can kind of imply things, but when you're actually showing the whole person, you can't.
0: Here's the thing, strangely. So you know, as I knew, I think when we recorded the other episode, we knew that it had been based on a comic, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. I read up a little bit on the comic. It is loosely based on that comic at best. Yeah. The comic is about Winona Earp, a badass assassin in the Black Badges, who travels the world. Bobo is a fucking vampire? Uh, she's like a badass traveling the world, just killing supernatural shit. The fact that she is a descendant of White Earp is just set dressing. Incidental. Later on, I believe the comic ran for a few years. If anyone's a huge fan of this comic, I'm sorry I'm going to butcher the general vibe of it, but I read a little bit and went, oh, that's different. I didn't do a lot of research. The point is, I think they did a several years of the comic where she's just traveling the world, killing supernatural shit. The fact that she's the descendant of Widerb is just like a fun factoid. And then the comic was canceled. And then it was, several years later, it was brought back for like a one-off trade length story. Trade kind of a thing. Where they introduced this idea of the Revenants. Huh. So this was not the main premise. It's... She's... I saw a picture. She's blonde and wears fishnets and a leather jacket. And she's like... She's not... She's not small town Winona Earp. All the things that we really liked about the show. I don't even know if Duck Holiday is in the comics. Uh, Nothing I read about it mentioned him? I don't think. Or maybe he comes back in the storyline about the Revenants. But it's like, all the things we like about the show, or liked about it, like Winona's character, being, like you said, you were more interested in having her run into like old high school buddies and weird shit like that happening. That small town, them being stuck in this small town. As far as I can tell, none of that was actually in the comic, at least not until possibly this other thing. So you're not allowed to use, well, it was based on a comic, as an excuse for anything.
1: Okay, okay. well... (laughs) Sorry. You know, but what's odd about the overall feel of this is that this has the same uh, showrunner, creator, adapter person as... Lost Girl. It's the same like um I mean I producer. I'm
0: not surprised. Yeah. They obviously just got slightly better writers. And here's the weird thing. It's that one of the things I, it's inevitable we have to compare this to Lost Girl because we watched them very close to each other. Same showrunner, they're both Canadian supernatural shows. They're both delightful garbage. But with Winona, they had a much better written and much better paced and just much better constructed pilot. With Lost Girl, I knew I was on board, but, like, it had a lot to do with me loving, you know, gay-ass fairy bullshit. Yeah. Uh, with this show, its main notes are supernatural horror and the Old West, which are not really my jams. They are; Those are not my wheelhouses. So, I was more hooked with this, of, like, just the general vibe and the characters and the pacing of how it all came together. Whereas, I complained a lot about the writing of Lost Girl and its initial... Uh, or, I shall discuss it in the pilot. There's just a lot of writing where they're like, well, we know we, where we need to get, but we don't know how to get there. So, I don't know, some characters say some things in it that just happens. There's none of that bullshit in The Winona Pilot. However, going over the course of the first season of Lost Girl, which we've both watched now, it. The the writing definitely improves, mm-hmm. and the reveals and the world building are all handled really well. And the pacing of how they've dripped out little bits of the overarching plot is great. I got to the end of it's a thirteen episode season, which is not very end, uh, which not is not very, very long, long. Mm-hmm. and felt like I was really excited for more reveals to come. This five episodes in, and I'm like, I don't trust them. They've already botched two huge reveals I was excited to see. I don't trust them to do any of them well at this point.
1: So, like, in, the, the interesting thing about Lost Girl, I think because it came a little, clo- like, it came a little before this age of, like, binge-watch television, like, season-long arcs thing. Yeah. Like, there's little, there's little dribs and drabs, yet with Lost Girl, like, each episode is a very... Satisfying beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Monster of the week or a problem of the week. It's not always a monster. Sometimes it's just a problem. Yeah. But it's like a, a a story happens that has a conclusion. Sometimes the villain gets away, or there's more things that happen. Whereas with Winona, they're clearly trying to make this like epic season-long arc of like you know a bingeable season of you know twelve episodes or whatever like, a more Netflix-type thing, in you know, because that's the era of television we're in now. And yet, they're almost doing the opposite of, like, a lot of shows, you'll see them, and it'll be 13, 12, 13 episodes, and it's like, this is really, like, seven episodes of stuff that you've stretched. Yeah. Whereas Winona, like, like you said, the, these reveals are coming, like, just, like, randomly, in the middle of an episode, like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's back.
0: <laughs> that's the thing that happened. Oh, here's the Stone Witch yeah yeah and the reveal of Doc Holiday at least they had the sense to have that happen at the end of an episode yeah Didn't just plop out in the middle but it was like well Waverly figures it out first guys Waverly is great
1: Waverly this is, is the, great um,
0: this is the thing I am mainly sad about Losing well, I'm sad about losing the potential of Winona and Henry having an interesting interplay, but I I can see now that wasn't going to happen. It's possible that we'll, Waverly will continue to be fucking delightful. They introduce a new character in the second episode, Officer Hot. Hot, you guys. Her name is Hot, and she's hot and she's gay for Waverly. I was pretty stoked when that character I was like, "Oh, there's going to be gay shit too." Oh, you shouldn't have Winona. <laughs> But um
1: for me for me
0: a hot bl- a hot redheaded cop lady like you shouldn't have it's not even my birthday but and even though my sister did tell me that um that stuff happens i don't want to spoil it for you if you yeah, want to watch don't it don't
1: spoil it for me yeah
0: i'm like no i can't even stick around for the hope of seeing more of 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 Waverly not f- forgetting how to talk around officer hot i can't I can't do, I can't stick around even for that. Because I'm not convinced that that will be handled well either now at this point. Because one of the other things that they handle really poorly, this, this reveal, Waverly figures out Henry's identity. And how how do you think she would react to this situation, listeners? She figures it out. And of course she would be the one to figure it out. It's weird that she didn't recognize him sooner because she's the one who's been doing all this research. Right. That was the thing. When she first meets him... I was I was ready for a throwaway line about, gosh, you look familiar. Have I met you before? Have you been to this club? I don't know. Like, she should have said a throwaway line about, gosh, you look familiar. Because she's got a picture of him in her box of crazy from her wall of crazy that used to be in the apartment that she moved to Black Badge headquarters. Like, there's a picture. We see it at some point. And... When she we finally when she finally figures it out, she drops the picture on the floor, sees it out of the corner of her eye, and goes, Ah, come here, Doc Holiday. So she recognizes it and took, yeah. Oh yes, that's that picture I have of Doc Holiday. It's not until she looks at it that she goes, Oh shit. And yeah. realizes it's Henry. It's like You didn't But here's the thing. How would you think she would react to that? Immediately rush to Winona and be like, Uh, okay, you're not gonna believe this, but photo. He's yeah. Doc Holiday. No. She doesn't she doesn't tell Winona? She doesn't do nothing. It's not until Henry comes and talks to her about something else that she reveals to him, I know who you are. But not in a, I know who you are, and what the fuck, explain. She just goes, you're supposed to be here to help us. I don't know, what made you think that? <laughs> like, it, she's she doesn't get mad about him. Not, I don't know, it's a weird thing. And then it's not until Bobo basically instructs Doc. He says, you need to get uh, into the airs good graces to get on her side so you can feed me information about her and he decides well the way to do that is to reveal to her who I am so it's been the lo- end of a long day it's the second or third episode? third yeah. episode I
1: they kind of yeah it, together an, an
0: intense thing happens in this episode um, she oh a, a revenant the, the stone witch gets some revenants uh, uh, how, how are we doing on time a, the stone witch gives some mm-hmm. revenants the clues they need to we got do 11
1: minutes we food. got this
0: uh, she she says you can do this this thing you need these parts and you can do this. What's the word I'm looking for? Spell? Do a spell yeah. that will allow them to inhabit a human body.
1: So and then they can cross. So they can
0: cross the line.
1: Because
0: they, they establish where the actual borders are eventually. Because in the first episode, they, they can't leave this town. Yeah. And then they broaden it to, oh, well, it's this thing. which The conveniently, Devil's
1: Triangle.
0: The Devil's Triangle. Which conveniently, one of the points of the triangle is in the near big city. So very convenient that they can sometimes go to the big city. But she, um, where the fuck was I? <laughs> she, um, oh yeah, so they're, one of the remnants ends up embodying Shorty, the bartender. And this is like I think this might be episode two.
1: Yeah, it's two or three. It's
0: it's pretty soon. Pretty early. She has to shoot Shorty. She tries shooting the guy's body, and it doesn't. It doesn't take him to hell. Yeah. She has to shoot her friend, and they establish that he's got heart trouble, and he's like in the he is in the throes of a heart attack when she shoots him. But it's still, he was a fun character in the first episode. I was surprised. Yeah. I was like, is this like a Doyle on Angel thing did this actor have to leave for other reasons and so they wrote in him getting shot but she's had this intense day and then Henry waltzes into her house and goes oh by the way my mother called me John Henry but all my friends call me Doc and she's just like
1: what fuck excuse me fuck
0: excuse me here's the thing you do a big fucking reveal like that your next episode better happen better take up exactly where you left off two seconds later with her saying ex fucking excuse me how and why and in what manner are you, Doc Holiday, and you are here, and what is going on? You...
1: Oh, uh, I, I still pause, that's, sorry, that's why I, pause, okay, that's been paused. At this point in the recording process, Sarah and Strangely were interrupted by the surprise arrival of a friend bearing a bag of Dick's hamburgers. Using the kind of telepathy only possible between seasoned podcasters, they agreed to pause the recording and have dinner before continuing.
0: All right, timer's back on. We're back. As I was saying, you gotta pick it up right where you left off. But with this show, the next episode starts the next day. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mad. I want to see her reaction. I want to see his initial explanation. We pick up the following day where she's decided, apparently, that the only way he can prove he's Doc Holliday is to show that he is a good gun user. Gunslinger. Which, that's I'm sorry. That is only one of many things I would require him to prove. But also, Waverly literally has a photo. And it's not like, oh, the photo vaguely looks like him, but he has different hair now. No, his hair, his mustache, he looks exactly the same. So all, all they needed was the photo. But instead, she goes, no, you need to prove this to me. So he sets up this whole display where he does a bunch of shit where he, he does a bunch of trick shooting, which, uh, Winona, I don't know if you were aware of this, but human beings can trick shoot. It's a thing people can do. that That's a piece of information that might help you start to believe he might be, but no, he does a bunch of trick shooting and she just looks at him wide-eyed and goes, you're Doc Frickin' Holiday. She's absolutely sold just by seeing him do some trick yeah. shooting.
1: Which, it is like some very impressive trick shooting what he does, but still, yes. like...
0: Which is why, which is why I expected her to react to that and go, okay, well, that's one yeah. check in the <laughs> your are Doc Holiday column. I require more. No, she just goes, oh my gosh, it's conclusive. Yeah. It's like she, she acts like she just saw the photo. I'm sorry, that annoyed the crap out of me.
1: So... Um, we do get an interesting piece of information out of him at some point in these five episodes. He says, I didn't spend a hundred years sitting at the bottom of a dry well.
0: Oh, don't get me started on the well.
1: So, so he was just, like, sitting down there. But
0: here's the thing. And it's
1: implied that he was conscious the whole time. Like, he was just, like,
0: the only thing that kept me alive was, like, basically he wanted to get revenge on the Stone Witch. Because she was the one who gave him this thing or something yeah is it she's the one to put him in the well yeah but it's like okay so from the beginning you and I wondered in what way is he Doc Holiday? is he a ghost is he he's not he doesn't seem to be a revenant but we yeah. like we don't know so yeah we were like what is it so they established pretty quick he's not a revenant because I do like this they've got this thing where there's some stone some sort of gemstone or mineral in the bedrock that their house is built on that the revenants cannot cross and the reason that they were able to get in and get willa back when willa and their dad died is because we find out later bobo del rey the leader of the revenants basically who shows up immediately in episode two uh tricked little six-year-old waverly into thinking he was her imaginary friend and he tells her to basically bury this thing it's a it's Stone Witch b- bullshit he has to bury this thing and he tells her oh yes this will make sure that your family is happy or right. whatever she says and my family will be happy and he goes I guarantee you little Waverly they'll get exactly what they deserve and she's like okay I'm six that doesn't sound threatening so that allows them to get in right so they find the thing and get rid of it which is a nice thing for the plot of the show because it means we don't have to worry about the remnants sneaking in and killing them in the middle of the night they have one place they can go where they are safe from from revenant bullshit which i like that plot point but later they oh god i'm sorry i completely lost it oh yeah they show that uh he shows up at their house so that before they know he's Doc holiday so like okay we know he's not a revenant. revenant, And you and i were really curious about what's his whole thing gonna be and is he going to have been recently resurrected or alive the whole time we posited during the Initial episode that maybe he was going to be in the Black Badges. That would have been fun. No, he's not in the Black Badges. And throughout the four episodes leading up to the reveal that he was in that well, we get a bunch of conflicting evidence. Every little snippet they give us seems to contradict the previous snippet. And until he says that, we don't even know for sure if he's been around this whole time or if he was recently resurrected. They keep going back and forth. And... The thing is, it wouldn't, they start to lean into he's been around this whole time, but you're like, but how How would... All of the other Revenants have, have it, not aged physically, but they have aged and changed with the times. Yeah. Their hair and clothes and way of speaking and their knowledge of the universe has changed as they have been alive throughout changes in the last hundred and some years. But he is unchanged by time. He's still got the same damn mustache. So they answer that by going, well, he was stuck in a well the whole time. And then you're like, okay, excuse me. Uh, his clothes were enchanted to not rot off of his body while he sat at the bottom of this well for a hundred years? Yeah. The- also, <clears throat> it's the same well where Winona went and got the gun. Yeah. This is the one thing I'm, I'm really glad you're going to watch the show because if they ever explain that, I want to fucking know how they justify. She climbed down, got the gun, climbed back out, and didn't see him?
1: Yeah. Like, Where was he? What is down there? What's yeah. going on?
0: I, for me- Are there caves? Like, also, the first time she threw the well down there, he he presumably should have been like, whoa, hey, hello, anybody? Somebody throw a, throw a rope down. There's a man in this well. He There have been people living around that well, at least within walking distance, since little yeah 14-year-old, 13-year-old, 12-year-old Winona goes there to throw the gun away after she shoots their yeah. dad on accident. And he hasn't ever- it's, Apparently not. Yeah, it's that's so that was another so, unsatisfying reveal.
1: So there's there's a few things like that that are really unsatisfying, but like there's other stuff that I just I love so much, like the Winona Vision Circle, where she she. The guy runs in and then she doesn't have the gun on her. And then there's a POV shot that goes goes all the way black to a single circle around the gun. This
0: this fucking guy, the guy who shows up at the very end of the first episode who has weirdly pointed teeth. He's the main focus of that. That's right. He's the main focus of that second episode. Uh So they shoot Shorty in episode three. He shows up. He just walks into Shorty's, into the bar where Waverly and Winona and Gus are like about to have dinner. For some reason in the bar, I established yeah. why they're there. It's a set that they already had. And he goes, I'm here to get that gun. And she's like, hey, what What gun? And Gus is like, oh no, get the gun. And all of a sudden, yeah, there's like a Scott Pilgrim level of hilarious visual gag where, yeah, we, we, we where we previously hadn't noticed the gun was just sitting on the bar. You see this tableau of all them standing and the yeah. whole screen circles down and goes black to boop. Right where you see the gun, and then everybody looks at it, and it's pandemonium. And the guy actually gets the gun, and we find out that when the remnants touch the gun, they get all crazy, and the hand smokes, and they can't have to drop it. But with a fun reveal, and when they did that, I was over the moon. I was so delighted by that. I'm like, oh, I love this visual, wacky, fun thing. They never do that again. They never do anything like it again.
1: Yeah. So I, I I, I I can't say I love it
0: because I'd completely forgotten about it because. They do it once in the second episode and then
1: never again. There's a few moments I like... Hardly a...
0: any Gus. Sorry, continue.
1: I agree. Hardly any Gus. Yeah. Needs more Gus. There's, there's a lot of things that like there are, there are little touches that I really enjoyed. Yeah. But then I'm like, I want more of that. Like yeah. there's a dream sequence at the beginning of the fifth episode that's eh. But in the beginning of the dream sequence, oh, she looks up at the ceiling. I'm sorry. There's a hole in the ceiling and there's this like beautiful swirly cloudscape out that the hole. That
0: was the worst dream sequence I've ever seen yeah, every... I wanted to write down. I wanted to sit down. Everybody was involved in shooting that and be like, here's how you do a goddamn dream sequence. But,
1: the, 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 but that, the, the visual, I'm just talking about the visual effect of like the cloud seat, like okay. the, the incongruous cloud seat uh, swirl yeah. through the ceiling, like a hole in the ceiling.
0: I was too mad it by was that point. So barely
1: beautiful and such like a, a surreal image. It, it was really it, it good was, for a dream. Okay. And then everything that happened after that was like, Ugh. No.
0: Everything that happened before that.
1: I, do, I don't remember anything happening before know. that either. But oh, the, I don't
0: remember when that part The ceiling came. hole anyway,
1: was cool it's, it's but a, everything around ev- it was. Yeah.
0: Everything else was like have you guys ever had a dream? Like do you not know what dreams feel like? She's wearing Willa's dress the whole time even though we've never seen this dress so yeah. we don't know what's Willa's. She, they should have had her, her wearing her normal clothes walking around the house. She sees a picture of Willa in the dress and goes, Willa, it's her dress. And then sees Waverly and Waverly goes, you're wearing Willa's dress. And she goes, what are you talking about? And then looks down at herself. Yeah. The way in Dream, suddenly you're suddenly wearing different clothes than you were before. Instead, she's running around the house in Willa's dress. Also, they keep up they do a weird like the camera's kind of zooming Dutch in angle. and out, Dutch angle thing, to make it feel dreamlike. They keep that up for the few few seconds of her being awake. So I was like, oh, so this is still the dream. This is the part where you think you've woken up, but it's still a dream. Nope. They just kept doing that camera shot on accident. It's it's the worst dream sequence ever shot in the history of dream sequences. And on that note, our timer is
1: it's, gonna it's go, about off. To go up. Go up.
0: <laughs> it's not gonna cut us off because
1: all right, thirty-two MTS minutes. Music.
0: <laughs> All right,
1: <laughs> I have so
0: many more things to say, but that covers most of what I why I was disappointed by it. So to to wrap up, to final wrap up. verdict. I spoiled it because I couldn't talk about the show without mentioning it. But yeah, I I have broken up with Winona. I don't. If it weren't for the violence, I knew was coming up, um, I might have stuck with it for a couple more episodes just in case. Because, ladies and gentlemen, even though I was extremely disappointed by this super unsatisfying sequence of them hooking up, I still find Tim Rozon extremely attractive with his stupid mustache and his stupid hat and his stupid accent. I still... He's still hot. He's still hot to me. And if it weren't for the... I knew that gory stuff I wouldn't be able to handle was coming up. I might have stuck around.
1: I... I am going to stick around for at least a couple more episodes. Mm-hmm. And if I make it to the end of the se- season, I would like to see if they course correct at all for season two. Like if they kind of like, now that they have the thing, you know, like oftentimes a show in its second season will kind of find yeah. the best parts of itself and yeah. then ex- expand on those. Because I, I still, even though there are things that are unsatisfying or, or weird or like reveals that come at strange moments, I, I do like the fact that it that th- that they're just throwing reveals out like it's not just suddenly ev- it's not that thing in TV where everything interesting happens in episode the f- season finale. Like stuff is so happening great. before that. It can be annoying
0: especially when they tease a bunch of big stuff and then immediately go, and now it's just a procedural. And now we're just doop to do day-to-day life. And then suddenly towards the end they go, oh, I forgot we teased a bunch of stuff. Yeah. That's something Lost Girls has done really well. Yeah. Episode two, they were like, let's talk about Bo's mom. I we're like, oh, okay. Like, didn't expect that to happen so fast. Yeah. Like, they've done a really good job of balancing the reveals with the day-to-day life and the, the case-by-case ep- mm-hmm. vibe of the episodes. And I just... I, I don't think that w- Wyona's approach of just throwing shit at the wall is the way to do it.
1: No. And I, I do want to stick it out a little bit more just because I really do enjoy that mythology. Mm-hmm. The general mythology. Not Some of the specifics about it are a little annoying. But just the, you know, immortal gunslinger, wider kind of thing I'm really into.
0: Well, you'll have to keep me uh, appraised of what happens. And whether they ever explain how the two of them could be in the same well and not know it.
1: Well, I will definitely do that, Sarah. Thank you, thank you.
0: I guess that's it. That is the end of our catch up episode about on Erp. Uh, sorry if you love this show and you're sad that I was so angry about it. Um, I wish that I loved it. I wanted to love it. I. Th- <laughs> I wanted to love you. <laughs> Because when I watched that first episode, I said, you are definitely my type. And Nona Earp <laughs> looked me in the eye and said, and what makes you think that you are mine? Oh, which is such a good line. He's, mm. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm so mad that they've stolen something from me that I thought I was going to get. <laughs> I still have Dyson. I still have Dyson and his incredible torso.
1: Pilot House podcast is produced by me, strangely, and my dear friend, Sarah Shea.
0: Hi, I'm Sarah. This is a show that we're doing. <laughs> This show is brought to you by Dick's Driving. They haven't actually sponsored us, but we do eat there before and after recording the podcast a lot. I'm literally drinking a milkshake from Dick's right now. Folks, if you live in the Seattle area, why not get a bag of hot, greasy Dick's and just <laughs> shove it down your throat? This is what people in Seattle do. By which I mean, eat their food, but also make that joke constantly.
1: Make that joke constantly. However... Oh, I'm
0: hungry for dicks. Better get a bag of dicks. This is a thing we do, guys. It's better than In-N-Out. Oh, she oh. said it!
1: Sarah, we're going to have a talk off the air.
0: <laughs> There's nothing to talk about. Folks. Anyway, if you work at Dick's, please send us money. <laughs> our, our orders are, strangely does a chocolate shake, a Dick's Deluxe... And I do a choc- uh, a, a rubber float, a Dick's Deluxe, a side of onions, and a f- order of fries. So if you want to just straight up bring us food, uh, ping me. I'll give you my address. <laughs> what are we talking about? Perfect. Dick's! <laughs> uh, check us out at pilothousepodcast.com. Follow you- us on Twitter and Instagram at PilotHousePod.
1: You can also email email us via pilothousepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can buy us a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash pilothouse. Because
0: buymeadicks.com doesn't exist, guys. It's a very regional thing. But if you buy us a coffee, I guarantee you that money will go to burgers and fries and chocolate shakes. That's how we roll.
1: Thanks so much for listening, everybody. (sighs) Bye. Bye!